0: Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to today's program. Our special guest today is Eric Hill from FayArk in Northwest Arkansas. Welcome to the program, Eric. How are you? I am good. You've been highly recommended to be a guest by Alex Kirby. So you got you to interview this young buck from Arkansas. He's really got a successful business and uh, you're your head on your shoulders, building a family. So we look forward to hearing uh, how you built your business, man. So tell us a little bit about FayArk.
2: So I started it in high school, just mowing on the side. And I thought I was making really good money. Um, and it just, it grew through high school, I had like seven yards, my junior year, up to 50, my senior year,
0: 50 yards and, as a senior in high school.
2: Yeah. I dropped out of one of my college classes to keep up with them that spring semester. So it grew pretty fast. Um I was supposed to go work for my dad and I decided not to do that because I've grown this and I want to keep it rolling and see where it'd go. And I've been in business for three, a little over three and a half years now. And we're up to about 150, to 175 properties and doing a lot more landscaping. That's the biggest side of our business that's grown a lot in the past 18 months.
0: Wow. How many team members do y'all have? Right now it's seven, but we need three
2: or four more. Wow. Just to keep up.
0: So how, how do you have crews for the lawn maintenance and then a separate crew for the landscape installs? Or how, how do you manage 150? That seems like a lot. Plus you're doing the enhancements. How, how do you manage all of that?
2: So our cook, we mow a bunch of cookie cutter guards. So we can mow 100 in a week with one crew. So those are just two guys in a truck mowing that all week. And then my bigger properties, I actually have a good relationship with a sub and they take care of like all of our bigger stuff and it helps them out a lot. And then we've got basically our install crew and then we, have a crew that kind of floats and will mow if we get behind and do flower bed cleanups and then working on adding that fourth crew basically as a floater too to help with the landscape install or anything else that needs done.
0: Wow. So in summary, one crew's dedicated to to trying to get a, a hundred or so of the 150 done. They just mow as trim and blow the cookie cutters. You got another crew that's pretty much as focused on landscape enhancements and then you got a third crew that's where where wherever you need them but they're versatile mm-hmm. yes that's that's interesting um sounds really sounds like a really good plan so as you've been going through these growing pains how have you been able to manage you know keeping all your customers happy uh, growing so fast like this
2: well i mean the biggest thing is just communication like i'm that's probably the biggest thing we do is that's why we've grown is communicate and basically inform our customers of what's going on. And I mean, I use jobber to manage everything and it makes it a lot easier.
0: Nice little plug there. Get jobber.com forward slash Paul. Yeah. So what year did you get into uh jobber?
2: Uh 2019 or 2020, I believe.
0: Okay. And then how has that um, kind of streamlined automating your business?
2: I don't have to go chase money from people like I did that first year and a half or so. I was having to drive and meet people for checks because they weren't going to mail it. <laughs> and oh, I've, got, I've got a ton of people on card on file, and it makes it super easy.
0: So how do you guys do your billing? Do you, uh, you, you tell me how you guys do your
1: billing.
2: So we do, well, it's kind of, I mean, all of our commercial stuff is monthly. Just 12 months out of the year, the same amount. And then we bill most of our customers if they have card on file weekly, but if they're mailing a check, we bill them monthly. And so I've just kind of made it either. You're going to mail a check at the end of the month or you're going to be card on file and pay every week.
0: Okay. So like, let's say you go on a Tuesday, are you charging their card on file on the day you do the service? Or are you charging the card like a specific day of the week? You just charge everyone's card on file.
2: As soon as they mark complete on that job, that, Card gets charged
0: okay so the day of yep. service yep. car gets fi- on um charged. that's on file that's that seems to be the best way what what's the reason for the checks it's just they were grandfathered in that way the older ones are
2: yeah and then there's some people who i mean i've never had an issue with them and they're older and yeah. they mail it basically the same day they get the invoice okay so i get all those within a week or two it's not drug out really
0: okay <laughs> And you're sending those invoices at the end of the month? Yep. Okay. All righty. I'm just trying to get a feel for your business, man. Alex really, Mm -hmm. really, really hyped you up, man. And so uh, it's pretty cool to hear. You're only 22 years old. Is that right?
2: I'm only 20.
0: 20? Yeah. I don't know. He gave gave you a couple years, man, for all that wisdom. 20? Listen to this, guys. Eric's 20 years old. He's got three crews, adding a fourth. And, uh, you know, I don't know if you want to share your revenue. Alex kind of was a little bird on my shoulder that told me what you guys are making, but you're crushing it, dude.
2: Yeah. We did about seven, 780 last year, and we should hit 1.1 1. 1 to 1. 1.2 this year.
0: $780,000 as a 20 year old kid, man. Yeah. That's absolutely incredible. And I, I think, you know, Eric, I, I went through the education system and got ripped off with the student loans. And if you're going to go to college and you, you know, you're going to be a doctor or you're going to be a lawyer and, and or you are going to be a registered nurse or there's some paths where it's like, you really need to get educated and get the certifications and things like that. But I want to just um, really give you a compliment, Eric, because a lot of guys like me who are just clueless in high school, absolutely clueless, you just go to college. You're like, oh, what's your major? Oh, I'm figuring it out. I'm taking some of the core classes. And you, Next thing you know, you're 20 years old and you're in debt. And then they hear about a young kid that's 20 years old that's bringing in $780,000 went through your business account last year. And you're going to probably have seven figures this year. And you're you're not even old enough to buy a beer.
2: Yeah, I know. I will be in June.
0: <laughs> there, there you go. Hopefully, uh, I got a brother who needs to get his act together, man. But him and his buddies—they have these fake IDs, and uh, they're just comical. Yeah. But, um. I, I don't. I don't booze. Uh, I don't. I don't drink. But um. Yeah. I, I don't either. But. But the point is you're going to be earning a million dollars in your business. You you can't even go to the bar and buy a beer. That is, that is absolutely impressive. So we have a plethora of teenagers that listen to this show that their, their dad's driving them around the neighborhood, Eric, and you, you probably remember those days. Some guys drive the mower in the neighborhood and, you know, carry the weed eater and and blower together. Um, what would you say to the high school kids that listen to our program, um, you know, that are just kind of starting at that seven, seven property phase?
2: I would say market all the time. Like I knocked on doors. I mean, I didn't do a ton of it, but I was just every single person I talked to, like it somehow got brought up. Like I networked, I talked to people. I shared so many Facebook posts and posted all over social media about it. And did, just did door hangers in some key neighborhoods, and it worked out really well. And we've got ten plus in all those neighborhoods now. And so that route density's helped us just grow even more. And just basically being in the community, like I've grown up in our hometown, and there's so I bet close to the whole town knows who I am and what I do. And so basically just having those relationships to help grow.
0: How about Instagram? I know I've seen you around on Instagram uh, for a while. Thanks for following me. You follow me this week? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I said, Fay Arc is following you. I was like, oh, sweet. I'll take it, man. Um, how is Instagram? Because you, you've built a really nice Instagram uh, portfolio there. You got how many thousands of followers on that? And how does that help build your credibility? When people see your nice pictures and that you're a legit business.
2: I think it helps when people are just kind of like looking around, like if they're looking at companies, it helps with the SEO. Like basically seeing, Oh, this guy's got 5,000 followers. He must know he must be doing something right.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And the same with Facebook. Like I've got close to a thousand likes on my page. And so it just helps build that credibility a lot I've seen.
0: Yeah, totally. I was listening to actually my own podcast <laughs> this morning. I listen every morning just to make sure Mr. Producer don't flub something or whatever. And, uh, there's like dead air in the middle of the show or whatever. But, um, I had Chris Hollis on from pure Marketing. and he was like, your Google, my business is your, um, how did he say it? Your website's your handshake. Google, my business is something else. Anyway, the one, two punch of, if they, first thing they're going to look at is Google, my business And that builds credibility. And then after that, they're going to look at the website, you know, that builds credibility. Maybe they'll even snoop on your Instagram or Facebook. And so it seems like you've got all of those components in good order. Um, Tell us a little bit about your website and how that's happened. Because we're were talking off air. You had someone scam you um, with a website and, and then eventually you had Alex build you a good one that's tailor made for your business.
2: Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they did a great job. It wasn't outrageously priced. Like I love how it turned out. And yeah, there's just, I've dealt with a couple people who have just scammed me out of a website. How, t- tell us
0: about that. Cause this, this happened to me too. To, you don't have to give names or whatever, but, but how did you get tricked into a scam? Cause this is so prevalent.
2: So, I mean, the guy seemed like a good guy. He helped me do some of my social media stuff and basically just owed, like my website was up for a month. And then it just, I went and looked at it one day and it was a black screen. And I like kind of bothered him about it for a couple of weeks and no response or anything. And then I called him, I was like, hey, this needs to get fixed. And he's like, well, no, this is basically blamed it all on me, when It's not my fault. And so I just told him, all right, I'm done with you. Just keep your money or whatever, because I paid it all up front to basically host it for the whole year. And so it was a frustrating process, but I learned from it. And just basically do your background checks on people and make sure it's a credible business before you pay for a service.
0: Yeah. And I want to reiterate that because I didn't do a background check either. I just Oh, these guys seem like nice guys. They seem like they know they, they, you know, they, they sold me the moon. I, I said, uh, I showed him a website from someone, um, that's in a different industry, but I just liked their website. I was like, can you build me this? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, oh, well even better. You know, I just saying all this stuff and I got sucked in, I should have researched. Well, how many Google, my business reviews do they have? Well, let me look at their, can I see a portfolio of other websites that you've made? I mean, those that's two basic things, guys, to research. Just say, um, can you show me some several websites that you've built? And if they can't show you that, then they're obviously not ready to make your website. And if they don't have good Google My Business reviews and a good website themselves, then run like Usain Bolt. And unfortunately, I got sucked into that. I paid so much money, Eric. It's out, out, outrageous. Um, so Long story short, somehow you found Alex Kirby, who's built Trifecta Landscaping's website. You know, I'm not him, but his crew has built it. His team members have done a phenomenal job. I've actually been to Alex's headquarters and, you know, seen his eight crews and all of that. So how did you get connected with someone who's actually in our industry and knows how to build a website? Uh, Tell us about that experience, because I'm assuming it was better than the black screen and they (laughs) kept all your money.
2: Yeah, I used him for a couple coaching calls and just kind of started talking to him some. And then once he started pure marketing, I told him, I was like, hey, I need you to make me a new website. And they got it done super quick, fixed any issues or anything I wanted to change about it. It's super seamless and is very reasonable for the product that they made. And it's it looks so professional compared to my last one that I got scammed out of. Um, And it just helps with that. Basically the customer looking at everyone else's website and then there's mine. I think mine stands out more, which is going to help us grow even more this spring.
0: That's awesome. Well, and the thing about a a local lawn care service business website, you know, you need to have the right call to actions on there. There, there, There's certain elements that just a a regular web developer might not understand who hasn't been in this industry. So I'm glad to hear that you got a, a good website now. Well, we're going to take a quick moment, Eric, and hear from today's show sponsors. And and coming up, I want to hear your blueprint for this year as you try to um, push this thing to $1.1, $1.2 million in revenue. And I know you got another crew to hire, so I want to kind of talk about how you're going to establish that. And uh, I know we're all antsy for the spring rush here and to to crush it. So I want to kind of hear your uh, game plan, your Bill Belichick game plan headed into the spring. So we'll have more with Eric Hill from Fayard coming right up as the Green Industry Podcast rolls on.
1: Hey, everyone. It's Brittany here with the Hardscape Academy. If you're serious about keeping good, qualified people around, then you have to train them. You can say, well, what if they leave? I've trained them and I've spent all this time and resources on it, but what if they stay and you haven't taken that time to train them and they're not able to grow within your company and run their own jobs? That falls on you. So check out the hardscapeacademy.com to train yourself and your crews. This month, we're going to be launching our Crewman Paver Training video. This video is for your employees. It is the how to hardscaping and not so much the why everything is done the way it is. In this 45 minute video, you'll be able to brief your employees on paver installation basics so they're ready to crush the day on site with you. TheHardscapeAcademy.com is the place to get skills and training for you and your crew so you can excel as a professional hardscaper and grow your company. You'll learn all the techniques and best practices to properly install pavers and retaining walls. Check out TheHardscapeAcademy.com.
2: Are you a skilled technician but have troubles running your business? Are you searching for solutions to make your business operate more smoothly while being more profitable? My name is John Pajak and I'm a business owner and a certified financial coach for the green industry. Paul Jamison and I realized through our individual consulting practices the struggles many owner and operators experience while they build their business. We decided to partner up and create an in-depth program that will help you avoid the common pitfalls you're going to encounter the technical guide to operating a successful lawn care business is an invaluable resource that guides you through the common pitfalls businesses experience. It's available now at thegreenindustrypodcast.com. Again, order it today at
0: thegreenindustrypodcast.com. Alrighty guys, we're back with Fay Ark in Arkansas. Tell us your uh, strategy going into this year um, with building your business.
2: So I mean I'm just I'm wanting to grow the landscaping side more. I'm not wanting to grow my residential maintenance as much. I'm trying to get more commercial just 12 month contracts to help with that winter cash flow. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm trying to basically kind of cut down my just mow and goes. Real and- quick Eric,
0: with your winter cash flow, do you charge their their the lawn maintenance? Are those year round that you're actually getting paid in December, January, February in Arkansas? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, so not everyone's on that. Most of my just residentials are on pay as you go, just basically each month. Um, but all my commercials, and I've got a couple full service residentials that are 12 months, mm-hmm. trying to get more of that, mainly just to help with cash flow. And then, I mean, I'm not spending a ton on marketing, other because I mean, I've got Google reviews, I've got a website, my social media presence is good. So I'm just wanting to grow my landscaping site even more. And just basically grow that 12-month maintenance site as well.
0: Okay. What landscape enhancement services are you guys offering?
2: I mean, anywhere from a full design and install, basically anything besides irrigation. And we, we sub that out for people who want us to do it. Um, but our bread and butter is basically ripping out flower beds and installing new or adding on. And we've seen really good success with that.
0: How have you learned as a 20-year-old kid, how have you learned what um, plants, what flowers, what bushes to actually put into the garden bed? Where, where did you develop that understanding that you could tell the customer, hey, it's looking raggedy. Let's let's rip it out, start from scratch. Uh, we'd like to put in, you know, some begonias or, or you know. Um, whatever you, you you know, I don't know Arkansas. Your climate is probably pretty similar to us, and so we have some staple bushes, plants, flowers that's kind of really common. If you just drive through a neighborhood in Atlanta, there's like three or four uh, kind <laughs> of you know things, and and then that's um, really all you need to know is your core. How how did you develop understanding for what to sell the customer?
2: Um, I mean, I'm still learning as I go. I don't know everything about horticulture, but I've YouTube, like when I'm trying to find out stuff, I look it up and go on YouTube (laughs) just to see like what fits. And then I kind of just drive around and I see what's installed in other landscapes and what other companies use as well. (laughs) And I just kind of, I've grown off of that. I've been learning more and more every day, but it's just part of the process. And, and, if I don't know the answer to the question, I'm going to look it up and give the customer that correct answer. What are for the best in, in
0: Arkansas? What's what's kind of your go-to if, if if you had a fresh garden bed and the customer says, "Well, do whatever you think will look best, Eric." What what would you kind of design if it's just kind of regular sun sitting in front of the the uh, front door there? I mean the
2: in every single flower bed, it seems like there's boxwoods and andinas, mm-hmm. but it's just the cheapest plants that basically every builder puts in. Mm-hmm. I normally try and branch off of that. And I've used so many, I'm trying to get away from boxwoods just cause they're so basically just everyone has, them. Mm-hmm. I want to have something different. That's more of a foundation plant than just a boxwood. Cause a lot of customers don't really like them as much cause they grow so fast. Mm-hmm. Um. So, I mean, I've, I've made a book. It's got like 10 or 20 different shrubs that I kind of let customers go through and it shows like where they grow, what's best for them and if they're super high maintenance or not. And mm-hmm. so customers like that because they get to pick those foundation plants.
0: That's a really good idea. So you just give them a little pamphlet and say, here's, here's what we offer and, and, and educate them and then let them decide, oh, we'd really like these
2: Yep. Yep. I made it, I think last winter. I probably need to update it because we use a ton more than what's in there. But when customers are indecisive, I just normally send it to them and let them kind of look through it. And then I build off of what they like and don't like.
0: That's a great idea. Well, talking equipment, Eric, I want to kind of get into a little bit of your setup. Um if you got three crews, I'm sure you got three vehicles and 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 trailers and and all the fixings. Uh, what what are you guys what are you guys rocking with and how did you accumulate that equipment as a teenager?
2: Um, so we run all Hustler stand on mowers. I've just got a local dealer and they've been really good to me. And then so our mowing truck is a Chevy 2500 with a ramp rack in it. And it's super efficient. And I bought that one two years ago. Who,
0: who influenced you to get a ramp rack? Blake Albertson, Naylor? Who, uh, who, 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 How'd you figure out that?
2: I, I think I got it before they started promoting wow. it. I, I, okay. I think I saw Blake's video when I was looking into them. Okay. And I just, I really liked the setup and I knew we were going to go the cookie cutter, smaller yard route. And yeah. so it's a lot better than pulling a trailer everywhere.
0: So would you, if somebody is considering, if you guys know what the ramp rack is, I was actually, uh, Blake shot that video at the GIE rally. Uh, he's out in the parking lot. I was kind of standing there watching. It was cold. He filmed that and it kind of went semi viral and, um, you know, Naylor got a ramp rack, but it's basically instead of pulling a trailer, the bed of your truck is the trailer. And and the ramp rack, you know, assists with that. And so I I think it's super efficient. I've never used it though. You've been a user of it. What's your honest review? You could say it sucks. You could say it's good. What's what's your honest review of the ramp rack?
2: I really like it for basically the residential maintenance. So we can just put two stand on mowers in there, and we're not having to try and turn basically pulling a trailer through all of our tight subdivisions it's been a pain so i really like the ramp rack for the purpose of residential maintenance but if you need if you're going to be doing a lot of landscaping or mowing bigger yards i would say don't get it unless you're in that smaller urban type place where it's just tight yards everywhere
0: okay so in summary if you guys are doing lawn maintenance in a high route dense area and and your truck is completely designated to mow edge trim blow you think it's very efficient, but it it it's a uh, too clunky for landscape installs.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just can't hold any material in it. it. we use it, we make it work when we do need to use it for landscaping, but I try not to use it.
0: Okay. So that covers your your concentration of, of Mo Edge trim low. What else do you have for all these landscaping jobs?
2: So we've got an Azuzu dump truck. Um and then we've got a Chevy one ton. And then we normally have the dump trailer hooked up to it or the equipment trailer if we need to haul our skid steer or mini skid to a job or whichever. And then I've got my truck, which is a 2500. And I just don't normally have to pull equipment around.
0: So. Well, there you go. And then where's uh, home base? Where, where do you kind of keep everything?
2: So I grew up on a family farm. Uh, it's like. 15- 10 minutes from where we, where we do most of our work. And so I bought two storage containers a year and a half ago and had everything in there. And then my dad actually ran his shop out of our farm as well, but he recently moved. So I moved into a bigger shop area since he moved his stuff out. But it's nice because I can dump everything on the farm. I can get mulch and bulk fuel. So it helps with efficiency a ton. Mm -hmm
0: and then what about your family you uh i think alex mentioned you're married and you have some kids or what
2: Yep. Yeah, so we live in town i bought a house about a year and a half ago i'm married got married last july and then we're congratulations. and then expecting our first this july so
0: awesome well congratulations man thank you i know uh alex was hyping you up and i i can see why man i when i was 20 years old i was a a dummy. <laughs> so it's really <laughs> cool to see, uh, you know, somebody that's young like you, that's running a million dollar business. Not that you have to have a million dollar business, you know, by 21, but that's a very impressive feat. And, uh, you know, you got a wife and you got a kid and your your future looks um, really bright. Tell us a little bit about what you've learned from the back end of the business. I know you mentioned kind of the, the marketing and the media uh, side of it, but what about, and you mentioned Jobber, but what about the administration? Like, how do you pay your employees? How do you do your accounting? How do you do your bookkeeping? How do you kind of automate all the actual administrations and and, and the business side of things? We we've, we've touched on the equipment and the the fun part, but the <laughs> un, the unfun part, in my opinion. How, how do you keep things um, legit with all the administration and all that?
2: So I hired a bookkeeper. I've got a CPA. I've got someone, I've got a payroll company. So I just have to enter all the hours in. What what payroll
0: company do you use?
2: They're called the payroll company. It's just a local one around us.
0: Okay. Clever. Yeah. (laughs) So what, when did you start paying your, and I know when you're a teenager and you're just starting out, you got seven yards, you know, you don't really know what you're doing, but as you grew, how did you figure out, Oh, wow. I actually have to uh, pay my employees legitimate and, and, you know, figuring out about workers comp and FICA and all this stuff. How how did you get on board as a teenager to figure out all of that stuff? So,
2: I mean, I talked to my, my mom runs my dad's office mainly. And so I've talked to them and they helped me out a lot, learning basically everything that I need to do. And when I when I um, got incorporated and I realized I was going to go full time with it, I had to do it the right way. And so I started payroll. I think spring of 2020 when I hired my first actual full time employee instead of just like basically friends helping me on the weekends and afternoons.
0: Yeah, when you were in the friends weekend and afternoons, um, you know how were you paying them, and then how how did you go about? Did you get the payroll company exactly when you hired your first employer? How did you go from chucking the truck to to legitimate, you know, real business?
2: Uh, I was paying them cash, just whatever I got paid for my cash yards. I'd just pay them. And when I knew I was going to take it full time and basically have it as my full time job, instead of just kind of on the side after school, I knew I was going to have to do it the right way. It was going to cost more. Um, But when I, decided I was gonna hire that first full-time guy. I'd got my payroll set up and done it the right way since
0: that's great. So day one, you just got the payroll company yeah <laughs> hashtag not sponsored but uh if you're in Arkansas, there you go, the payroll company uh, I, I I like the name and that way they already know everything that needs to be done and there it's guys it's it's a uh, it's a lot different than just paying. Pookie cash, you know what I mean? Um, but that's why it's great to, to get a payroll company, whether you use the big ones, ADP, you know, or, or a local mom and pop shop, they know everything that needs to be done so that you're, um, in good standing with the government and you're in good standing with uh, your employees and everything like that. So what days do you pay your employees and, and how, um, how did you kind of give a buffer? Do you have like a week or two where they worked? How, how'd you line all that up?
2: So they get paid weekly. Basically, they get paid um, the Friday after. Ah, oh, Fridays, coffee.
0: man. They, uh, I guess you good old Arkansas boys are good. But here in Atlanta, we, we don't pay guys on Friday because they go out to the establishments. They blow all their money and they don't show up to work on Monday. So usually in Atlanta, guys pay their pay them on Mondays or Tuesdays. That way, hopefully, they'll, they'll, they'll show back up to work for their paycheck on Monday. But yeah. I, Anyway, you pay them on Friday and, uh, that's weekly. Yes. Yep. I pay them weekly. Nice. And then today, they, when they start, do they have like a week, um, where they basically like a week where they work and then you pay them that Friday or a week they work and you pay them the next Friday for that first week. How, how'd you onboard these guys?
2: They get paid the next Friday.
0: Got it. So you worked the first week, no paycheck week one, your first paychecks week two for the work you did a week one. Yes. Perfect. Well, what would you say, Eric, um, as we kind of land the plane here uh, um, that you've learned in building this million dollar business? What are some maybe mistakes you made or lessons learned that you're like, oh, if I could go back and start all over again, I would have made an adjustment in this area.
2: Hiring is the biggest one, and it's just fire fast and hire slow. Like last year, I went through guys, like just, I just went through 10 or 20 guys, just like I called them like just kind of talk to him for a couple of minutes. All right, when can you start? There wasn't basically a hiring process that I've added this year and it's worked out really well so far. And you're not, cause I, at one point last year I had two guys and then I was out mowing in the second truck because we were behind. So employees were the biggest issue the past two years mainly um, I have I think that's probably one of the only issues besides just basically managing people. And it's just part of it. And it's an ongoing process that I'm learning every day.
0: <clears throat> I'm really impressed with you, Eric. I, I think your future is uh, very, very bright and, uh, it's nice to get, to get, get you on the program. Finally, I've been seeing your name for a couple of years now on the Instagram Fayark. It just, is that like Fayetteville and Arkansas put together? Or where'd you come up with this name?
2: So our family farm is Fayark Farms. So it's Fayetteville, Arkansas.
0: Okay. Yeah, yeah, very, very catchy. It always kind of caught my attention. And then yep. um, Alex gave you a gigantic endorsement and singing your praises. You got to get this guy on the show. So I figured he wanted me to get you on the show because he'd say something nice about pure marketing. So it's like free Al- advertising for Alex. He's a clever guy. So now it makes mm-hmm. sense. He's like, you got to get yeah. it. He didn't tell me all this. He's like, you got to get Eric on the show, man. You'll love the interview. And here you are singing his praises. So a uh, quick little plug there for our friends at uh, Pure Marketing. And they actually are giving Green Industry Podcast listeners a 5% off for the month of March. If you're listening to this before March 31st, 2022, Um, just go to greenindustrypodcast.com and you'll save 5% off your website. Like you said, it's very reasonably priced and um, quick turnaround and you actually get not a black page. (laughs) You're locked out. You get a legitimate website built by folks who actually have a, themselves a million dollar, you know, actually pushing $2 million lawn care business, landscaping business. They know where to put those call to action buttons. They know how to build it from an experience of a potential lawn care customer that's going to come to Fayark and then hopefully, you know, give you their information that, that, Hey, we need this, um, property taken care of in these services and, and, and really um, make the the vetting process frictionless and, and, and not mm-hmm. clunky. Yes. So yep. there you go, Alex, nice little plug for him. Well, Eric, uh, how can people connect with you on the Instagram?
2: I mean, it's Fayark Lawn Company. So, I mean, it's Fay Ark Lawn CO on Instagram and Facebook. And then, I mean, I've got my website on there. So if they want need anything done, just go on there and fill out a form and we'll get back to you. But Instagram is probably the best way to reach me.
0: Cool. Well, I really appreciate you taking uh, time out of of your schedule. And uh, I hope you have a very successful spring rush, man. And and, uh, congratulations in advance for uh, a little one coming in in the summer.
2: Yep. I appreciate it, Paul.
0: Cool. Well, thanks for your time. guys, it's definitely encouraging to hear of a 20 year old who has such a good foundation in his business from a CPA to a bookkeeper to a payroll company. And it sounds like his equipment is very efficient for the particular services offered. And I mean, really just listening to Eric's story from his uh, social media with his Instagram to his good website and everything in between, he definitely has the right components and pieces um, of the puzzling, of course, you know everyone's figuring out finding good team members and, and hiring, and and that's a, a common um, hurdle that he's going through. But it's very, very impressive business for a twenty-year-old. I'll tell you what, my first few years in business were very difficult. I didn't even have a bookkeeper; I was my <laughs> bookkeeper. Um, you know, trying my best with QuickBooks Online and just you know Googling how to do this and trying to figure it out on a duct tape together operation. I did have a CPA, but uh, they didn't have a heart of a teacher she was this um lady from a I you know referral of a friend to this big company and just didn't really care about me I had you know a low level revenue compared to other clients and just I wanted to understand what was going on and, and definitely this lady didn't have a heart of a teacher and so um, that was challenging because I didn't really fully understand um, the finances of the business and the taxes and all of that um and and uh you know I didn't have a payroll company so I was like oh for three where where Eric's just knocking it out of the park. But if you want to make sure that your business is legitimate, you have the right components in place, the right pieces in place. My friend, John Pajak, and I actually sat down recently uh, for several days at the brand new green podcast.com studios. And we really discussed how to have a successful lawn care business, uh, the technicalities of that. How do you hire uh, an employee? How do you set up your bookkeeping? And your accounting and all the administration of, of uh, using a CRM, whatever one it is, how do you get all of that streamlined and put in place to automate your business? How do you um, put together the right equipment and the right crews for the uh, core services you offer? We, we cover literally everything you need to know. It's the technical guide to operating a successful lawn care business because Pay Jack he started out and his first business, Johnny Boy, <laughs> lawn care actually failed. And uh, he was a teacher, like an actual teacher. Um, And then eventually he's like, you know what? I'm going to try this again. And he built a successful lawn care business this time, Turf Tamer up there in Indiana, Northwest Indiana. And I have a similar story. My first few years were rough. And so we have a heart of compassion for guys that are just starting out that might not understand what guys that are, you know, running these businesses in the top 100, that they have all their I's dotted, T's crossed, J's dotted. (laughs) Everything's in order. So we put together the technical guide to really how you operate a successful lawn care business, and uh, it will definitely help you go through and make sure that you have everything in order. You have a really strong foundation. So it's brand new technical guide to operating a successful lawn care business. It's got, uh, we started out with 19 module videos and some PDFs and some interactive um videos where john will actually crunch knowing your numbers and actually show you spreadsheets and, and talk about knowing your numbers and all of that plus you get um anytime we add a new uh, video or, or spreadsheet or pdf file um you'll it'll automatically update in your system so you'll have a uh, lifetime access to the technical guide to operating a successful lawn care business so anyway mr producer will put that link in today's show notes of course it's available at the And I highly recommend anybody in the lawn care business going through this and really making sure that you're operating your business um, at its potential. And uh, this e-training program will definitely give you the tools, the resources, the education of how to do that. You can pick up the technical guide to operating a successful lawn care business at greenindustrypodcast.com.